often. Faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzer. Great to be with you as always. Man, we're into it, right? It's September. Here we go. Life starts picking up. If you have kids, they're probably off to school. It's all the, the fun's over, man. Get back to work. <laughs> I know my schedule really gets going when we get into the fall, but as always, it's great to be with you to talk about great things, to talk about faith, to just explore, to meet new people. It's just, uh, it's just a blessing. It always is. So here's the deal. I recently got invited to be a panelist and on an upcoming online summit and the name of the summit is the deconstruction summit and when i heard the name i'm not gonna lie like my first response was i just like i bristled a little bit and i don't know why that is because i've used that word a million times but when i knew i was getting asked to be a part of the deconstruction summit it was just something about me I, I, I don't know why it didn't sit well with me, but then as I just sat with it for a while and thought about like, why, why is that rubbing me the wrong way? I think it's because that word, deconstruction, has become a very divisive word. I think I, I even posted that I was going to be a part of the summit recently, and you could tell just by the people's response to it that there was definitely one side that was really excited and, and really you know, interested about it. And then there was some other people that were just like, eh, you could just tell it kind of, it just rubbed them the wrong way a little bit. And I don't like things that are super divisive, even though I find myself in very divisive spaces all the time. And so I thought maybe it would be appropriate just to take that word and wrestle with it a little bit. Now, I am completely fine with the process of deconstruction. I'm actually pretty okay with the word other than the fact that it's become very divisive. And I know for myself, I went through a huge, long, and brutal deconstruction process. I would safely say that I feel, you know, I guess it's hard to know what really that looks like, but I would say that I'm on the other side of that. I would say I broke things down as far as I possibly could have broke them down and for the last many years I've been in the process of building things back up kind of reconstructing if you will but you cannot reconstruct if you don't deconstruct <laughs> and so we're just going to talk about it a little bit today where you know I, I never want to be afraid to talk about any subjects on this podcast and even though this one tends to like I said rub people the wrong way or get other people really excited even though it can be a little divisive I want to put some understanding to the language I want to maybe even give a few tips if you're in that process of feeling like you're deconstructing your faith and and then at the end of the day I just hope that we you know that we feel at peace with <laughs> what we're all going through here or what many of us have been through and i thought what a perfect example since i'm doing this summit 
might as well uh, talk about it. By the way, I'm on a panel. I'm not just a speaker at the summit. I am on a panel and we're going to talk about parenting, which is hilarious, by the way. Those of you who know me well know that. It's not that parenting isn't my strong point. I'm not sure parenting is, would any, would anybody really consider parenting their strong point? It's hard, right? And so I know when I think about my life and when I think about my parenting of my kids, especially as I parented them when I was going through my deconstruction journey, I don't think what I'm going to have to offer is a lot of, hey, this I did really well. It's going to be much more the other side of the coin. It's going to be much more of like, now that I look back on it, I definitely could have done a better job. So it'll be interesting. (laughs) I don't know what about my story they're like oh yeah that guy's gonna talk about parenting that's gonna be amazing that this is the first time anybody's ever approached me to talk about parenting i promise you that (laughs) uh you you might want to hop on just to see what i say because it's just gonna be it's gonna be fascinating i will put the links this is a totally free online summit a lot of really great people that are going to be a part of it uh some of my friends are going to be a part of it i saw after i signed on as well so I encourage you to, to grab onto it, to check it out. It's going to be at the end of the month. I hope I'm not saying this wrong, but I believe it starts on September 22nd. But I'm going to put all that information in the show notes as well as a link to the summit so you can jump on board with that and just enjoy it. Again, free of charge. Uh, what's, you know, what what could you, you could go on, not learn anything, and you didn't lose anything other than a little bit of time, right? But I guarantee you, based on some of the people I'm seeing on there, that the discussion will be meaningful. Some of the speakers are going to have some great things to say, I'm confident, and you won't regret it. All right. As we talk about deconstruction, I would say, boy, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, and I can't think of a single person that I know of, myself included, that did not start their deconstruction process because of some sort of hurt that happened to them within the context of a religious community, a faith community, a church, a college ministry, what have you. So most of the times people start rethinking their faith in response to something hard that happened. Now, I guess if I'm totally honest with myself, I started questioning some of the concepts of faith in Christianity before any like super tough church hurt came into my life. So I guess it's fair to say that in my story, maybe I started that process, but I definitely took a deep dive after some significant hurts happened to me. The reason I bring that up is not because that's good or bad. It's just something to note. Because when I was going through this process, one of the, and I journal a lot, and I remember journaling at one point, and I remember journaling, I don't want to let a person take something away from me that's really important. What I mean by that is I don't want people that disappointed me or hurt me in the context of church settings or Christian settings, I don't want that experience with that person or those people to take away my faith, which is really, really important to me. And so there's a danger that we want to run away from that space that was so hurtful. And so maybe for you, you've stepped away from church because maybe there were some hurtful things that happened there. And maybe every time you think of church, like you tense up because you think of those people or you think about that situation. And so that makes you want to walk farther and farther away from church and maybe even makes you want to walk farther and farther away from your faith. But as we go down this path of deconstructing our faith, 
it's really important that we do it honestly. We do it with ourselves. We can certainly do it within the context of community, but we have to be really careful not to make decisions about something that's so important, right? Our faith is so vitally important to all of us, I'm sure, who listen to this podcast. And so when we're talking about something so important as faith, we don't want a situation or a person or a scenario to keep us from something that we hold dear to our heart. The reason that most likely we are a part of those scenarios that ended up hurting us is because faith is so very important. And I know a lot of times when, you know, you see it all the time when, you know, maybe a couple breaks up and then they post all over social media, um, you know, pictures that make it look like they're having a great time in life when probably we all know that they're really, really hurting inside or, you know, we, we all do it, right? And so the same thing happens with our faith. So we don't want to get hurt and then run away from it just because it hurt. We need to walk through that hurt. We need to experience that hurt and then we need to come out on the other side of that hurt. And so I guess that's my, before we even start talking about this, that's my, my biggest, the biggest thing I want to caution people about is to not allow those people to influence the decisions that you're making about your faith journey. Your faith journey on some level has to be very, very personal. It's between you and God, you the divine, right? And certainly have that lived out in the sense of community with people close to you. That's a really wise idea as well. But again, let's not allow our hurts to influence at least too much these thoughts or this deconstruction process. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, I think it's important to note that Jesus may be the all-time best deconstructionist ever. <laughs> so he came on to the game, right? He came on the scene in the heart of Judaism, which had been going on a lot longer than Christianity has been going on now. And he comes on the scene and he just deconstructs the whole thing, right? He deconstructs it all. He goes through the Ten Commandments and it seems at like at times, it seems like he's just throwing things out. He says, you've heard it said this, but now I say this. And so he, his entire ministry time on earth was really deconstructing so many things that people held to as spiritual truths, as spiritual understandings. You know, he was picking apart the, the traditional Jewish faith every chance he got it seemed like and he specifically seemed to go against things that were known as Jewish laws at the time and so things that you were expected to do if you were Jewish Jesus who was Jewish would do exactly the opposite or purposely come against those things again because he was you know I don't I don't think Jesus is sitting around deconstructing his faith at this point but I think he's challenging other people to deconstruct their faith and so it's really important to know that like one of the biggest deconstructionalists one of the biggest heretics that we've ever seen throughout history is Jesus and so if you find yourself deconstructing your faith rethinking your faith it's all right you're in good company the person that you claim likely to follow challenged us to do exactly what we may be going through right now which is to rethink question and deconstruct our faith so keep that in mind as we go through it now when I was growing up and I bet a lot of you can relate to this so I grew up Catholic if you listen to this podcast a lot you know that because I love talking about my Catholic upbringing 
But I grew up Catholic. My parents took me to Catholic school as far back as I can remember. I was baptized in the in the Catholic Church, and so everything I remember about growing up is in regards to faith had to do with being Catholic. And so as I was growing up, and again, I went to Catholic school the whole nine yards. As I was growing up, this was what was taught to me, this type of faith, this type of religion. And so as people who were authorities in that space, as they would teach it to me, as my parents would talk about it, as our community around us would kind of adhere to the same thing, I just, you know, when you're growing up, you do it because the people around you encourage you to do it and you're taught to do it. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's really important that we teach our kids how to engage in their faith. Absolutely. I think it's a beautiful thing to take our kids to church if that's what you desire and help them to have a spiritual community can be really, really great. So as we're going through that, though, our kids are going to naturally take on what we are giving them. They're going to naturally take on, if you're part of a church community, what a pastor or a priest is giving to them. And that's what I did. And then I got to a place right around college, I guess, when I started going to churches that weren't Catholic. But I took the same sort of mentality into those spaces. So there was people who were in authority. They had been doing this this show a lot longer than I'd been doing it. And so, and there's authors and there's speakers and there was well-known people, you know, worship leaders. And, and those are the people that I would just digest and take on and, and listen to. And because, because I had interest in what they were talking about, I would usually agree with most of what they were saying. So really for my entire childhood, all the way up through, boy, several years, probably a decade, decade and a half into my adulthood, my faith journey was one where I was listening to the quote unquote experts and getting information from them and believing that as the truth. Now, I'm all for educators, I'm all for teachers, I'm all for pastors, I'm all for professors, like yes and amen all the way. But at some point, I do think it's really important and this is probably in so many areas of life, right? At some point, it's important to just take a step back and then ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? If you grew up in the church and your family was really all about church, you went to the youth group, you did the whole nine yards, there's a high probability that you had some of this like when you moved out of the house where you had to make that decision like, am I going to do this? I've had some friends in my life in the past where they, um, I know one I'm thinking of in particular, she grew up in a household where it was all like health food, all natural, vegetarian, I remember, I think they were. And and then she said like when she got to college, <laughs> she, just, she just jumped off that wagon and was eating cheeseburgers and you know, whatever, chips and the whole nine yards and had to go that through that process of questioning Am I doing this because my parents want me to do it or am I doing it because I really want to do it? Now, she went through that and then kind of came back and eventually ended up being much like her parents in the fact that she became very, very healthy, very, very natural in the way that she treated her body and raised her family, etc. But she had to go through that process, what I would argue would be like a deconstruction process of her health. And so... You know, some people go through that when they get out of high school and they get to college and they're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to church. I don't know if I believe in this Jesus. And so 
you know, and a lot of people, a lot of church people hate that, but I would argue that it's a really healthy thing because at the end of the day, we have to come to terms with our own faith. Our kids have to come to terms with their own faith and they have to, they have to own it or they don't, you know, or they have to decide what they do want to own. So for me, I got to the place where I was probably in my thirties before I started thinking like, Hey, like, okay, some of this, some of this just kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way, you know? And for me, like the first two things for me, it was probably the same as a lot of people, but the first two things for me were hell and the way that the church was treating the LGBTQ plus community. Those two things just, it just didn't sit right with me. And so those were the spaces that I started deconstructing. (laughs) And at the time I was on staff at a church when I was doing that. As we went down the line, I deconstructed everything you can imagine absolutely and so as we're going through this process not only do i think deconstruction is not a bad thing i actually think it's a it's a totally necessary thing to have a true and authentic faith unfortunately over the years what has happened is religions denominations faith groups have really put a stake in the ground uh, really around this idea that there's a right way to believe, right? There's the, a right way to interpret the Bible. There's a right way to believe about Jesus. There's a, there's a right way to think about everything. There's a, you know, you could put, you could fill in the blank in any way you wanted to. And over history, we see that there's different religious groups, different denominations who are, you know, choosing different right ways to believe. And so when somebody wants to question some of those founded, what often would be argued as foundational beliefs, although they rarely are, when somebody comes against that, a lot of times, a lot of times that will, that will, (laughs) that will just, that will make some people angry. Let's just call it out. Okay. That'll make some people angry. But if we just go along our whole life, believing what somebody else told us, without actually really thinking about it for ourselves, then in so many ways we're living the faith of our of the people before us and not really truly living our own faith. Not until we ask all the questions we need to ask and different people need to ask different questions, but not until we get to that place can we really say, okay, this is definitely what I believe. And for me, that journey had to get pretty close to the bottom. Um, You know, I I questioned just about everything in order to get to the place where I felt like my faith was truly authentic. Now, as you are in this process, uh, and for many of you, I know you're already well into it, but one of the things that was, I found really helpful is when I realized how far I was going, when I realized how many things I was questioning, I, I just sat with myself at one point and I remember thinking, what is what do I want to hold on to? Is there anything I do want to hold on to? And that's a really good question to ask yourself. Like, are there things that I have no interest in, you know, rethinking or or like what's the goal? Maybe a better way to say it is what's the goal? And for me, what I decided is my goal is I wanted to come out the other side of this still having faith. That was my hope, I guess I'll say. I didn't know if it would happen or not, but my hope was I would come out the other side of this still having a faith in God in some way, shape, or form. Some of you, that's not as important as it was for me, but for me, I don't remember a time in my life where 
God, divinity, the universe, the great unknown. Like there's not a time in my life as far back as my memory allows me to go when I wasn't just deeply connected to that. And so me being authentic with myself, separated from faith, didn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, and not even didn't make sense to my mind. Like it didn't make sense to my being. It didn't make sense to my soul. And so for me, I was willing to, boy, I was willing to go down any rabbit hole. I was willing to question all the theology. I was willing to question pretty much everything. But my hope and my goal at the end of it was to still have faith. So that was for me, but that's I'm not putting that on anybody. That was just the one thing for me that I knew was was vitally important to me maintaining my authentic, true self. And again, it's important for you to think through that as well. Uh, I've met people who they're like, I'll question everything, but I'm not going to question Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. That's fine. Like this is our own journey. We get to go through it however we want. There's no right and wrong way to question and rethink your faith. There just isn't. So it's just important that you sit down and say, okay, where am I trying to go? The second thing, I don't know. Am I on the second thing? I might be on the 24th thing. I'm just kind of rambling here. Another thing I want to bring up, and this is kind of why I hinted at the beginning. I didn't hint. I said it pretty blatantly. This is why at the beginning I said we don't want to run away from hurtful people or hurtful situations. We don't want them to get to to us in a way that takes our faith away from us. But what I've seen a lot of times is, is when you when we go through situations where we get hurt, oftentimes we get angry. Oftentimes we get a little cynical. Oftentimes we get awfully negative. And another thing that I wanna, I wanna caution people about as they're going through this journey is be careful not to let this process be overly negative. It may seem like this process is supposed to be negative, but I really don't think it needs to be. I think this can be something where we can have lots of optimism or we can say, hey, I'm on this journey and as I go through this journey, it might be hard, but as I go through this journey, my faith is going to be more true than it ever has before. And the reason I bring that up is because so often when I read things or when I listen to people or when I listen to some podcasts even, so often when people are talking about this deconstruction process, it gets so unbelievably negative. I mean, how many times can I hear the same story of negativity and how many times can we beat the same horse, the same dead horse, right? You just hear these same things over and over in this really, really negative tone. And I, I want to, <laughs> I want to throw in there again, that deconstructing your faith can be exhilarating. It can be filled with joy. It can be filled with excitement. I remember the first time that I ran across another person that was somebody that wrote a book. A book. I think it was Brian McLaren. I read his book about hell and the afterlife. And I remember how much joy I found in that book because finally I found somebody who was asking similar questions that I was. And it brought so much freedom and so much excitement that maybe there's a better way to believe. And so as you're going through this process, and I know it's hard so don't let me belittle any of that I get it I know it's scary I know sometimes it feels like you're giving up on something that you know is the only thing that you understand I know that some of you have lost a lot of friends going through this process of deconstruction so don't let me 
don't hear me in any way, shape, or form belittling you in the midst of this journey because yeah, there's going to be some negative times. There's going to be some really negative spaces. There's going to be some angry spaces. There's going to be some hurtful spaces, but it doesn't all have to be that way because again, I really believe from the bottom of my heart that if we go through this process well and if we go through this process honestly, that we can trust that our faith has the opportunity to be more true than it ever has in our life before. So again, just be careful. Be careful not to get too cynical. Be careful not to get just too grouchy about the whole thing. And and be okay with being a little bit optimistic about it because because there's a lot to be I'm telling you as a person that went through deconstructing his faith for nearly a decade and now in so many ways feel like I'm on the other side of that man, there's so much to be optimistic about because I couldn't be more excited about my faith than I am right now. Like I've never enjoyed a space of faith uh, other than maybe like when I was a real little kid. But other than that, I've never enjoyed a space of faith like I am in right now because I really feel like it's mine. I really feel like it's true. I really feel like it's honest and I really don't feel like I have to explain much to anybody about what I believe or what I don't believe. I'm happy to have the discussion, but nobody's holding a paycheck over my head. Nobody's holding a job position over my head or anything like that. Uh, All my friends understand this space that I like to live in and and it's like it's it's just amazing the freedom that I experience right now in this area I never thought I'd get here I never thought I'd get here but here I am so there's something to be optimistic about now as we continue on this journey of deconstructing uh the the final I guess I it probably won't be the final thing but the final like really 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 big point that I want to hit here is that Deconstruction, I believe, my opinion, should in some ways be a lifelong journey and in other ways should have a start and stop point. Let me explain what I mean. There should never be a time in your life where you feel like you're done asking questions. There should never be a time in your life where you feel like you can't rethink something. You know, we we have the ability to change our minds. That's not a bad thing. And so in that way, I think deconstruction should be a lifelong journey. You might not call it deconstruction. I don't call myself somebody who's deconstructing anymore, but that doesn't mean I'm not, okay? It doesn't mean I'm not. It just means like the big heavy dose of it where I had to rethink all of these big things that have been so much a part of my life, like that phase is over. But the reason I say it also has to have a start and end point is because that what I'll call the big dump, okay? The the big dump where you're rethinking those big tenets of faith that you grew up believing or you were on staff believing or everybody said you had to believe. You know, when you're rethinking things like, is the Bible an errand? When you're rethinking things like, is there another way to think about Jesus on the cross? When you're rethinking heaven and hell, like these big daunting things, right? That I think should have like a start and end point. Because at some point, I think it's important to get to a place where like, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with what I've questioned. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with what I've come up with. I don't know that I'm, I'm not claiming that I'm right. I'm just claiming that I'm good with where I'm at right now. And when you get to that place, then you don't want to keep trying to peel away more and more layers. You actually want to try to build upon whatever kind of foundation that you've discovered yourself to be on. And so for me, I, I, I went down pretty far. I really did. I went down to the place where it's like, I believe in some sort of divinity 
period. <laughs> it was kind of like I don't believe in the Bible the way I used to. I don't believe in heaven and hell. I don't believe in hell like I used to. I don't believe in faith like I don't believe in God like I used to. I don't believe in Jesus. I got so much. Like I just tore down so many things. But eventually I got to this place where I was like, okay. I remembered, like, I still want to be a person of faith. A person of faith is really important to me. I believe that there's a there's a great, there's something great beyond me. I believe there's something that could be called God, could be called the universe. There's something. There's something. So that was kind of the foundation that I got to. And now I feel like I'm, and forever will be, in this process of rebuilding, reconstructing, if you will. And so I'm now trying to figure out, okay, where am I? When I think about prayer where am I when I think about, and, and I just experiment with so many things. Like there's a while where I experimented with not praying at all and that didn't quite feel right. So then I experimented with, you know, praying specific prayers, almost like liturgical ideas of prayer. And some of that felt good. Some of it didn't feel good. And, and then, uh, you know, now I'm kind of in this, this space where I'm exploring prayer the way I used to pray, which is just, you know, out loud, often, all the time, sometimes in my head, sometimes with people, kind of the way I did it when I was in evangelical circles, but with a different heart behind it, with a different kind of understanding or thought behind how and why I'm doing it. And so I'm just exploring it, just trying things on and it's fun. It's lovely. It's wonderful, but it's all the space of reconstruction. And so all that to say, Deconstruction, yeah, it's going to be a lifelong thing because you always want to have the opportunity to change your mind, to rethink things. But at the same time, we also want reconstruction to be a constant in our lives. We always want to be building on things. We want to be growing our faith as well. And so I think, and maybe that's why I bristle a little bit at the word deconstruction because I think maybe we have to deconstruct and reconstruct at the same time. I don't think that's that's ridiculous. And so I hope that's helpful. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I get talking and then I'm like, did anything I say over the last half hour make anything in any sense at all to anybody listening? But you guys keep listening, so it must be all right. <laughs> anyway, well, I hope this discussion has been helpful to you. If you want to know more about deconstruction, you can check out the Deconstruction Summit. Again, I will have all the links to that. If you want to hear somebody flounder about talking about parenting in the context of deconstructing, you can definitely hop on that and uh, listen to me uh, ramble on with some other wonderful people who uh, hopefully will have better things to say than I will. <laughs> and again, as always, you can find me on social media Facebook, Instagram at Matt Kinzera. You also can find Chasing Goodness on Facebook. And of course, as always, let's keep not just deconstructing, not just reconstructing, but let's keep chasing goodness together.